Section three of a guide to modern cookery, part one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. A guide to modern cookery, part one, by Auguste Escoffier, translated by James B. Herndon Jr. Chapter two: The leading warm sauces warm sauces are of two kinds the leading sauces also called mother sauces and the small sauces which are usually derived from the first named and are generally only modified forms thereof cooking stock only includes the leading sauces but i shall refer to the small hot sauces and the cold sauces at the end of the auxiliary stock experience which plays such an important part in culinary work is nowhere so necessary as in the preparation of sauces for not only must the latter flatter the palate but they must also vary in savour consistence and viscosity in accordance with the dishes they accompany by this means in a well-ordered dinner each dish differs from the preceding ones and from those that follow furthermore sauces must through the perfection of their preparation obey the general laws of a rational hygiene wherefore they should be served and combined in such wise as to allow of easy digestion by the frequently disordered stomachs of their consumers carême was quite justified in pluming himself upon the fact that during his stay at the english court his master the prince regent had assured him that he Carême was the only one among those who had served his highness whose cooking had been at all easy of digestion Carême had grasped the essential truth that the richer the cooking is the more speedily do the stomach and palate tire of it and indeed it is a great mistake to suppose that in order to do good cooking it is necessary to be prodigal in one's use of all things in reality practice dictates fixed and regular quantities and from these one cannot diverge without upsetting the hygienic and sapid equilibrium on which the value of a sauce depends the requisite quantities of each ingredient must of course be used but neither more nor less as there are objections to either extreme any sauce whatsoever should be smooth light without being liquid glossy to the eye and decided in taste when these conditions are fulfilled it is always easy to digest even for tired stomachs an essential point in the making of sauces is the seasoning and it would be impossible for me to lay sufficient stress on the importance of not indulging in any excess in this respect it too often happens that the insipidness of a badly made sauce is corrected by excessive seasoning this is an absolutely deplorable practice seasoning should be so calculated as to be merely a complementary factor which though it must throw the savour of dishes into relief may not form a recognisable part of them if it be excessive it modifies and even destroys the taste peculiar to every dish to the great detriment of the latter and of the consumer's health it is therefore desirable that each sauce should possess its own special flavour well defined the result of the combined flavours of all its ingredients 
if in the making of sauces one allowed oneself to be guided by those principles which are the very foundation of good cookery the general denunciation of sauces by the medical faculty would be averted and this denunciation no sauce deserves if it be carefully prepared conformably with the laws prescribed by practice and its resulting experience the rule the rule being the cohering element of leading sauces it is necessary to reveal its preparation and constituents before giving one's attention to the latter three kinds of roux are used namely brown roux for brown sauces pale roux for velouté or cream sauces and white roux for white sauces and bechamel nineteen brown roux quantities for making about one pound eight ounces of clarified butter nine ounces of best quality flour preparation mix the flour and butter in a very thick stewpan and put it on the side of the fire or in a moderate oven stir the mixture repeatedly so that the heat may be evenly distributed throughout the whole of its volume the time allowed for the cooking of brown roux cannot be precisely determined as it depends upon the degree of heat employed the more intense the latter the speedier will be the cooking while the stirring will of necessity be more rapid brown roux is known to be cooked when it has acquired a fine light brown colour and when it exudes a scent resembling that of the hazelnut characteristic of baked flour it is very important that brown roux should not be cooked too rapidly as a matter of fact among the various constituent elements of flour the starch alone acts as the cohering principle this starch is contained in little cells which tightly constrain it but which are sufficiently porous to permit the percolation of liquid and fatty substances under the influence of moderate heat and the infiltered butter the cells burst through the swelling of the starch and the latter thereupon completely combines with the butter to form a mass capable of absorbing six times its own weight of liquid when cooked when the cooking takes place with a very high initial heat the starch gets burned within its shrivelled cells and swelling is then possible only in those parts which have been least burned the cohering principle is thus destroyed and double or treble the quantity of roux becomes necessary in order to obtain the required consistency but this excess of roux in the sauce chokes it up without binding it and prevents it from despumating or becoming clear at the same time the cellulose and the burnt starch lend a bitterness to the sauce of which no subsequent treatment can rid it from the above it follows that starch being the only one from among the different constituents of flour which really effects the coherence of sauces there would be considerable advantage in preparing roux either from a pure form of it or from substances with kindred properties such as fecula arrowroot etc it is only habit that causes flour to be still used as the cohering element of roux and indeed the hour is not so far distant when the advantages of the changes i propose will be better understood changes which have been already recommended by favre in his dictionary 
with a roux well made from the purest starch in which case the volume of starch and butter would equal about half that of the flour and butter of the old method and with strong and succulent brown stock a spanish sauce or espagnole may be made in one hour and this sauce will be clearer more brilliant and better than that of the old processes which needed three days at least to despumate twenty pale roux the quantities are the same as for brown roux but cooking must cease as soon as the colour of the roux begins to change and before the appearance of any colouring whatsoever the observations i made relative to brown roux concerning the cohering element apply also to pale roux twenty one white roux same quantities as for brown and pale roux but the time of cooking is limited to a few minutes as it is only needful in this case to do away with the disagreeable taste of raw flour which is typical of those sauces whose roux has not been sufficiently cooked twenty two brown sauce or espagnole quantities required for four quarts one pound of brown roux dissolved in a tall thick saucepan with six quarts of brown stock or estouffade put the saucepan on an open fire and stir the sauce with a spatula or a whisk and do not leave it until it begins to boil then remove the spatula and put the saucepan on a corner of the fire letting it lean slightly to one side with the help of a wedge so that boiling may only take place at one point and that the inert principles thrown out by the sauce during despumation may accumulate high up in the saucepan whence they can be easily removed as they collect it is advisable during despumation to change saucepans twice or even three times straining every time and adding a quart of brown stock to replace what has evaporated at length when the sauce begins to get lighter and about two hours before finally straining it two pounds of fresh tomatoes roughly cut up should be added or an equivalent quantity of tomato puree and about one pound of mirepoix prepared according to formula number two hundred and twenty eight the sauce is then reduced so as to measure four quarts when strained after which it is poured into a wide tureen and must be kept in motion until quite cool lest a skin should form on its surface the time required for the despumation of an espagnole varies according to the quality of the stock and roux we saw above that one hour sufficed for a concentrated stock and starch roux in which case the mirepoix and the tomato are inserted from the first but much more time is required if one is dealing with a roux whose base is flour in the latter case six hours should be allowed provided one have excellent stock and well-made roux more often than not this work is done in two stages thus after having despumated the espagnole for six or eight hours the first day it is put on the fire the next day with half its volume of stock and it is left to despumate a few hours more before it is finally strained summing up my opinion on this subject i can only give my colleagues the following advice based upon long experience one only use strong clear stock with a decided taste two be scrupulously careful of the roux 
however it may be made by following these two rules a clear brilliant and consistent espagnol will always be obtained in a fairly short time twenty three half glaze this is the espagnol sauce having reached the limit of perfection by final despumation it is obtained by reducing one quart of espagnol and one quart of first-class brown stock until its volume is reduced to nine-tenths of a quart it is then put through a strainer into a bain-marie of convenient dimensions and it is finished away from the fire with one-tenth of a quart of excellent sherry cover the bain-marie or slightly butter the top to avoid the formation of a skin this sauce is the base of all the smaller brown sauces twenty four lenten espagnol practical men are not agreed as to the need of lenten espagnol the ordinary espagnol being really a neutral sauce in flavour it is quite simple to give it the necessary flavour by the addition of the required quantity of fish fumet it is only therefore when one wishes to conform with the demands of a genuine lent sauce that a fish espagnole is needed and certainly in this case nothing can take its place the preparation of this espagnole does not differ from that of the ordinary kind except that the bacon is replaced by mushroom parings in the mirepoix and that the sauce must be despumated for only one hour this sauce takes the place of the ordinary espagnole for lenten preparations in every case where the latter is generally used in gratin in the genevoise sauce etc twenty five ordinary velouté sauce quantities required for four quarts one pound of pale roux formula twenty five quarts of white veal stock formula ten dissolve the roux in the cold white veal stock and put the saucepan containing this mixture on an open fire stirring the sauce with a spatula or whisk so as to avoid its burning at the bottom add one ounce of table salt a pinch of nutmeg and white powdered pepper together with one quarter pound of nice white mushroom parings if these are handy now boil and move to a corner of the fire to despumate slowly for one and a half hours at the same time observing the precautions advised for ordinary espagnole formula twenty two strain through muslin into a smaller saucepan add one pint of white stock and despumate for another half hour strain it again through a tammy or a sieve into a wide tureen and keep moving it with a spatula until it is quite cold i am not partial to garnishing velouté sauce with carrots an onion with a clove stuck into it and a faggot as many do the stock should be sufficiently fragrant of itself without requiring the addition of anything beyond the usual condiments the only exception i should make would be for mushroom parings even though it is preferable when possible to replace these by mushroom liquor but this is always scarce in kitchens where it is used for other purposes wherefore it is often imperative to have recourse to parings in its stead the latter may not however be added to the stock itself as they would blacken it 
hence i advise their addition to the velute during its preparation twenty six velute de volaille this is identical with ordinary velute except that instead of having white veal stock for its liquor it is diluted with white poultry stock the mode of procedure and the time allowed for cooking are the same twenty six a fish velute velute is the base of various fish sauces whose recipes will be given in part two prepare it in precisely the same way as poultry velute but instead of using poultry stock use very clear fish fumet and let it despumate for twenty minutes only see fish fumet number eleven twenty seven allemande sauce or thickened velouté allemande sauce is not strictly speaking a basic sauce however it is so often resorted to in the preparation of other sauces that i think it necessary to give it after the velouté from which it is derived quantities required for one quart the yolks of five eggs one pint of cold white stock one quart of velouté well despumated half the juice of a lemon quarter of a pint of mushroom liquor mode of procedure put the various ingredients in a thick bottomed saute pan and mix them carefully then put the pan on an open fire and stir the sauce with a metal spatula lest it burn at the bottom when the sauce has been reduced to about one quart add one third pint of fresh cream to it and reduce further for a few minutes it should then be passed through a fine strainer into a tureen and kept moving until quite cold prepared thus the allemande sauce is ready for the preparation of the smaller sauces butter must only be added at the very last moment for if it were buttered any earlier it would most surely turn the same injunction holds good with this sauce when it is to be served in its original state it should then receive a small addition of cream and be buttered so that it may attain its required delicacy but this addition of butter and cream ought only to be made at the last moment and away from the fire when a thick sauce has any fat substance added to it it cannot be exposed to a higher temperature than one hundred and forty degrees fahrenheit without risking decomposition twenty eight bechamel sauce quantities required for four quarts one pound of white roux four and a half quarts of boiling milk half a pound of lean veal two-thirds of an ounce of salt one pinch of mignonette and grated nutmeg and a small sprig of thyme one minced onion preparation pour the boiling milk on the roux which should be almost cold and whisk it well so as to avoid lumps let it boil then cook on the side of the fire meanwhile the lean veal should have been cut into small cubes and fried with butter in a saucepan together with the minced onion when the veal has stiffened without becoming coloured it is added to the bechamel together with salt and the other aromatics let the sauce stew for about one hour in all and then pass it through a tammy into a tureen butter the top lest a crust should form when bechamel is intended for lenten preparations the veal must be omitted 
there is another way of making the sauce after having boiled the milk the seasoning and aromatics should be added the saucepan is then covered and placed on a corner of the stove so as to ensure a thorough infusion the boiling milk must now be poured on to the roux which has been separately prepared and the sauce should then cook for one quarter of an hour only twenty nine tomato sauce quantities required for four quarts five ounces of salted breast of pork rather fat six ounces of carrots cut into cubes six ounces of onions cut into cubes one bay leaf and one small sprig of thyme five ounces of flour two ounces of butter half an ounce of salt one ounce of sugar a pinch of pepper ten pounds of raw tomatoes or four quarts of same mashed two quarts of white stock preparation fry the pork with the butter in a tall thick-bottomed saucepan when the pork is nearly melted add the carrots onions and aromatics cook and stir the vegetables then add the flour which should be allowed to cook until it begins to brown now put in the tomatoes and white stock mix the whole well and set to boil on an open fire at this point add the seasoning and a crushed clove of garlic cover the saucepan and place in a moderate oven where it may cook for one and a half hours at the end of this time the sauce should be passed through a sieve or tammy and it should boil while being stirred finally pour it into a tureen and butter its surface to avoid the formation of a skin remarks a puree of tomatoes is also used in cookery it is prepared in precisely the same fashion except that the flour is omitted and only one pint of white stock is added thirty hollandaise sauce quantities required for one quart one and a half pounds of butter the yolks of six eggs one pinch of mignonette pepper and one quarter ounce of salt three tablespoonfuls of good vinegar preparation put the salt the mignonette the vinegar and as much water in a small saucepan and reduce by three quarters on the fire move the saucepan to a corner of the fire or into a bain-marie and add a spoonful of fresh water and the yolks work the whole with a whisk until the yolks thicken and have the consistence of cream then remove the saucepan to a tepid place and gradually pour the butter on the yolks while briskly stirring the sauce when the butter is absorbed the sauce ought to be thick and firm it is brought to the correct consistence with a little water which also lightens it slightly but the addition of water is optional the sauce is completed by a drop of lemon juice and it is rubbed through a tammy remarks the consistence of sauces whose processes are identical with those of the hollandaise may be varied at will for instance the number of yolks may be increased if a very thick sauce is desired and it may be lessened in the reverse case also similar results may be obtained by cooking the eggs either more or less as a rule if a thick sauce be required the yolks ought to be well cooked and the sauce kept almost cold in the making 
experience alone the fruit of long practice can teach the various devices which enable the skilled worker to obtain different results from the same kind and quality of material end of section three